new sermon series on love like that. Last week we talked about um, being mindful of people. Uh, if you want to increase your love with your, fa- your family, your friends, your co-workers, your neighbors, the world, you need the, some secrets of love. And again, these secrets aren't really deep, dark secrets, but they're just they're in the Word of God, and the Word of God is living. And so last week we talked about being mindful, how Jesus is mindful. This morning we're going to talk about being approachable. And so if you have your Word, uh, turn in, in Luke chapter 7. We're going to read there in a second, but let me just ask you this question. Have you ever been left out of something? Just a few of you. All right, good. Then I, I guess I need... All right, Lord, let's pray for this to end real quick. Uh, have you ever been snubbed? You ever, ever been, like, ignored? None of you? A couple of you? Okay, so how does it make you feel? You feel good, right? You thoroughly... I said, oh, this is great. They ignored me. They snubbed me. Uh, they looked over me. And I talked... In America, I don't know if they do this in other countries. Maybe they do, but when we were playing sports or games in school on the playground, you know, and they're, like, dividing up, all right, they're going to pick. And, and you know what? Sometimes I was the last person picked because they wanted me, right? No, that was because, like, oh, we don't want Stan. Uh, and you're like, well, what about me? You're like, oh, you. Um, sure, yeah, you're going to be on that team. You're going to go over there. Why don't you go and watch that over there? So the reality is I don't care who you are, how mature you are, how old you are, how, how Christ-like you are. Um, it happens sometimes on purpose, sometimes in accident, but it hurts, doesn't it? It hurts to be purposely left out. It hurts to be accidentally left out. Uh, and so... We don't like it. In fact, a lot of research has been done on this, on this aspect. And the researchers have found that, again, humans have an insatiable inner need to be included. You want to be included. Now, the devil tries to push us out and make us think we don't need people, but you need each other. We want to be included. I mean, why is it that when, like, at work, someone says, hey, did you hear about what's going on? Don't tell anyone. What do you do? What? You want to be included right? Or, hey, there's good things happening, and you're like, oh, yeah, tell me about that. Whatever it is, you want to be included. And so, we long to belong. Come on. We long to belong, and Jesus understood that. God understood that. He built family. He built community. He built churches. Uh, And so, in that, sometimes, you and I don't always do it on purpose. It happens on accident. Sometimes we get so focused on our lives, so focused on what we're doing, that we kind of forget about the people outside of our realm. And maybe we see them every day. Maybe they're at work. Maybe they're at home or school. And we kind of sometimes, and I'm not trying to say you're always mean, but we get focused on this is who I am, this is where I'm going, which I'm, you know, I'm all about you having a vision, having purpose, and not letting distractions come. But sometimes we get so focused that we're not approachable. We're just like, we're doing our thing, and no one can come talk to us. And then sometimes we, we, we hang around people that are similar and they have a similar call and that, that's kind of a good thing. We forget about those outside on the fringes who may be looking up. They want help. They want to be included. And so this morning I want to talk about this is that Jesus made himself available to all people. Would you agree? Okay. And since he did that, he was very approachable. He is back the most approachable person who's ever lived. And this morning we're going to talk about becoming approachable. And we're going to just talk through some stuff. And yes, I'm going to go a little faster today, not because I want to get to that sporting event, just because I only have a few minutes and I don't want to bore you. But I want you to turn now in the book of Luke, chapter 7, verses 36 to 48. And we'll look at, keep in Luke because we'll do that in a moment. But are you ready to learn this secret about being approachable? Are you ready to learn how to be approachable like Jesus was? All right? Father, anoint this time. Anoint the Word. Help me to relax 
Speak your word with power and authority. Give us what you want today. Touch every person in this room. Whatever we're going through, Lord, we can always come to you because, Jesus, you are approachable. Whatever we're struggling with, whatever's holding us down, whatever, whatever it is, God, we can come to you because you're our help in the time of need. So we do that right now. Spirit of God, speak to us. Anoint the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Luke chapter 7. Here we go. Verse 36. You've maybe read this. You haven't read this. Verse 36. Now, one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. She began to, to, then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, himself, okay, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of both. Now which of them loved him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. And... Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but you, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. And she did, and you did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not pour oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much, but he who has been forgiven little Loves little. Verse 40, I love this, Jesus, and answered here, your sins are forgiven. And so this morning, we're going to talk a little bit, just for a few moments, about the approachability of Jesus. And so Jesus was tuned in to the world around him, because the, the religious person, they really hated Jesus, okay? In fact, religious people still today hate Jesus, because he is the Son of God, he is the Messiah, he is our connection to God. And if you've ever read through the Gospels here, you see that Jesus was accessible to anyone who felt unwanted, who wanted help. Lepers, tax collectors, the poor, the persecuted, rich, pagan sinners, the religious, he was always open to people. He was approachable, right? And so he was unlike most holy men because now if you see this, in this, in this realm, the holy men were, they lived seclusive lives. They, they did not hang around with sinners. They, they tried to stay away from stuff that people that would make them unclean. They didn't want to be soiled. They didn't want to be around those people. And really, those people are the ones that needed probably real, really the help in the world. And so Jesus kind of flips the script and kind of says, you know what, this is going to be different because I'm not like these seclusive holy men. I'm an inclusive holy man. I make a way for people. And so Simon, a religious expert, you got to look into this. And again, I was thinking about this because I know Adam and Christy are in a different world and they live in a different place and their culture is different, our culture is different. And when you read the scriptures from your culture, you don't always see the culture. And so in the Middle Eastern culture, we don't always understand how things go, the, 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 you know, the, the laws, the mores, the culture effects. And so um, when we read the scripture, most of us, if you live in America, we read it from an American-centric mindset. We look at it from the American mindset. Now, if you grew up in India, you, you read the Bible from an Indian mindset. So wherever your culture was, you read the Bible in that aspect. And so this morning, I want to just kind of get some little nuances 
that maybe I've missed or you've missed just, to, just for a few moments in the scriptures that we are not catching. And we think, well, that's a nice story. God forgives and this woman comes and the religious person, yeah, that's great. Jesus approachable. Okay, pastor, let's be done, all right? Well, that's fine if that's your mindset. But let me just try to get a few things in today that I think that will really grasp us. So, so Simon, the religious expert, was intrigued about Jesus. He had heard about his miracles. He'd seen him maybe in his town, his village. I don't know. Now, we have cars. We, we drive around. And we don't have a lot of dust. We have a lot of rain, right? Okay? And so in the Middle Eastern areas, it's, there's rain, but it's mostly dry, right? Is it dry? It's dry. And so if it's dry, there's not a lot of growing. And if there's not a lot of growing, there's a lot of dust, right? And a lot of dust, it gets up everywhere, right? And we still see men and women, they wear long robes, right? And for a lot, and to me, I'm like, I don't know how they survive in that heat. And I don't know, they must have air conditioners under there. I something, you know, a little fan, cooling suit. But so think about this. So Jesus, again, they didn't have cars. They didn't have trains. They didn't have planes. They had mules and feet, okay, horses and feet. And so they're walking around on these dry and dusty roads. They weren't paved. It was just terrible. So, so they're walking around. It's hot. It's dry. There's dust everywhere. The culture, the custom is, is when you invite someone into your house, you have uh, typically, like the Pharisees were well-to-do rich people most of the time. So they have a servant there offering to wash your feet. They would, you know, they would, they have a culture. And still in the Middle Eastern culture, there's still the kiss. Not the kiss on the lips, but the kiss on the side of the cheek. Some of your cultures do that. In America, we'd like punch someone, right? Unless we're like, oh, okay. Just, okay. And so then they would, uh, and then they would anoint oil. Because again, I mean, oil was a sign of your welcome. Uh, there's a lot of other signs about that. And so Simon invites Jesus to his house. Simon does not wash his feet or offer anyone to wash his feet. Simon doesn't greet him at the door. I mean, think about that. Imagine if, if I invited you to my house, okay? And by the way, we're moving soon, and so I'm going to invite you to my house maybe soon. I don't know. And I didn't even acknowledge you coming in. And then you came in, you know, and then I was like, oh, oh, you know, hi. And then whatever. And then you just kind of came in, and, and then some lady from the, from the neighborhood heard that we're there, and then she's like coming in, and she's washing your feet. She's crying. You know, I mean, you, you would feel snubbed, right? No? All right. Have you ever been snubbed? <laughs> You know the feeling, okay. And so now Jesus is, is God and, and all that, but he was snubbed. The religious Simon snubs Jesus. He, he wants to know about Jesus, intrigued, but he's like, he's ignoring Jesus. He, he doesn't even wash his feet. He doesn't any of that. So Jesus was there. He knows that. Simon sought to trap Jesus into saying something blasphemous or in the hopes of embarrassing Jesus in front of the other religious leaders. Okay, so Simon, Simon was contemptuous before the conversation began. I want to get on because I'm moving on. So at the dinner now, Jesus is there. A woman in the, in the area hears about Jesus. She was not invited because the religious people do not hang out with sinners, okay? And so now Jesus is there. She comes. She begins to cry. She, you know, Can you imagine the scene? This woman's crying. She, she's at the feet of Jesus, and she's crying, and her tears are, and she's wiping the tears with her hair. And then, of course, she has anointing oil, and she anoints Jesus' feet, Okay? She's not invited. He knew. Jesus knew who she was. He knew very well. But he was now changing the way that people would see the mindset that God is approachable by all people. And so I love that. So Jesus comes in and, he, and again, he flips the script. Jesus made the lesson clear to Simon and to the woman that he was approachable by sinners and the righteous. You see, for Jesus, religion was destructive. For Jesus, relationships superseded the laws of religion. 
And so my question for you and I, how about you and I? Is it the relationship that's more important or is it the rules that are more important? Is it the, the, the customs that are more important or is it the way of God's love for us? And so let's move on. So Jesus went out of his way and he embraced the unloved. Jesus understood rejection because Jesus would be rejected. His neighbors laughed at him. In fact, his neighbors wanted to throw him off a cliff. His family questioned his sanity. Like, what's going on? His closest friends betrayed him. Remember, they said, I will never betray you. I will never betray you. They betrayed him. They ran. His countrymen eventually tried to kill him. And they succeeded. So he knows very well what it's like to be snubbed, to be turned aside, to be ignored. He knows very well today what you're dealing with. He knows all. He sees all. He's approachable. He knows maybe you've been looked over for promotion. Maybe you don't have that child that you want. Maybe you lost something in, in, in something. And he knows maybe, again, you're just being looked away. The culture, society, just doesn't look at you because you're of a certain race, of your, you're of a certain uh, gender. And you're like, it's not fair, but God loves you. He understands what you're dealing with. He's been rejected by all men. The greatest rejection. Even God, for a moment, on the cross, had to turn away from Jesus because of the sin. He understands rejection. So I'm just here to remind us this morning that he is approachable. You can go to Jesus for anything. People, if Pastor Sand's ever so busy or he's in his own little world and and I don't hear from you and I don't know what's going on, you can always call on Jesus. Come on, you can always go to him. He is right there, always there. He knows what you're dealing with. He knows that. And and maybe you are in love. Maybe you, you feel like a reject or an outcast. I'm here to tell you, Jesus doesn't feel that about you. Jesus went out of his way to be approachable. So the other question is this. So if you want friends, you've got to be friendly. We live in a society. It's all about, well, they didn't say hi to me. They didn't reach out to me. They, no one invited me to dinner. Well, when's the last time you've said hi to someone? When's the last time you went out of your way? When's the last time you invited someone to your house? Well, we do it all the time. You're awesome. Okay, I, and I appreciate that. But here Jesus is going out of his way. He knows those who are on the fringes. He's Again, we talked about last week. He's mindful. But Jesus is about touching people's lives. So my question for us is, I know we're busy. I know this area just sucks life out of you, but are you approachable by your coworker who is dealing with suicide? By your coworker who maybe lost a child? By your coworker who's, who's, who is dealing with a life-controlling addiction? Are you so focused on your life that you don't even know and see and understand where they're at? Are you approachable? You see, in, in a few minutes, I'm going to end it in a few moments. But the church is becoming known by society as unapproachable. We're closed-minded. We hate all groups of people that don't agree with them. And so we, we want to change that. Amen? Jesus understood that. So here it is. So here's the question. What keeps us from being approachable? What keeps us from being approachable? It's on there. Are you a snob? Now, before you answer that, okay, are you a snob? I'm not a snob. I, I don't think like that. Well, let me just give you Dr. Parrott's uh, definition in his book, Here's what he says. A snob is a person who believes that there's a correlation between social status and human worth. A snob is a person who believes there's a correlation between social status and human worth. So we see here the religious people that the sinner wasn't in their social status because they were evil. This woman did evil things and sinful things, okay? So she would not be welcome. Jesus was not in his social strata, okay? Snobs see people as inferior to them. Now, you might see someone from another country. You might look down on them. You, you might see someone on the agenda. You might, you might look someone, they might even just be completely, again, talked about the voting issue. They voted differently and you look down on them. That's being snobbish. 
So the question is, are we approachable? Do you look down on people that don't line up with your value system? Are you willing to reach out to them and try to understand? Maybe, and I'm not saying, and I, I know we have this uh, political correctness, all-inclusiveness, and, uh, and I hate that word. Um, I'm going to go there. I'm just going to. Uh, so, I, the, so inclusiveness doesn't mean that you always have to accept their evil. You don't have to accept them. You can accept them who they are, but you don't have to accept their destructive behavior. Or you can still love people. Jesus loved all people, and this is where we get people mixing up that Jesus was full of grace. Well, he's full of grace and truth, both. Okay, he confronted sin, but he always welcomed people, and he had an opportunity for them to get out of sin. But see, the Christian church in America is becoming either we're totally out where we just accept everything and everybody or we're closed-minded and we only accept certain people that look like us, vote like us and have the same beliefs as us. And I want us to get to the point that the church kind of gets back to being Jesus in the middle and we reach out. We're, we are truth and we are grace, both. Because Jesus was both. He wasn't one or the other. He was both. He was grace and truth. And so I want the church to stop being known what we're against and be known more for what we're for and that's to be like Jesus. To be approachable. Yes, call people out for sin, but always draw them in to be freed of that sin. Amen? And so, uh, and the word I was going to use was tolerance. Okay, I tolerate going to the dentist. I don't accept it all the time. I don't like them drilling. I tolerate that. And I hate that. Intoler- tolerance today means you must fully accept and believe everything that I believe, even though it's not the same as you, but you have to accept it. You, go, you live outside the United States. Other cultures don't believe that as much. Just the United States. We're kind of messed up that way. Okay, so we think, well, we should love all religions. We should love all people. But other religions don't want their religion to be changed to be inclusive. They, they have their own set of rules. They have their own ways. Come on, it's true. That's another sermon for another day. Because I'm supposed to be done here in a few moments. But Jesus went out of his way. So the question is this. Do we go out of way? Are we snobs? Do we have pride? Well, I'm not like those people. I, and we talked about last week. I don't, I don't believe like them. I'm better than them. And I have this. And, and remember that Jesus set us free. So this morning, are you a snob? Do you, do you judge people? Are you exclusive? You only hang around a certain group of people. And I understand that. I understand that we are comfortable around certain people. But we should look for ways to make the, always make ourselves approachable. Uh, you know, they might be a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and you're a Ravens fan. And I'm, doesn't bother me. But so if you're like a Denver Broncos fan, God's team, and they're an Oakland Raiders fan, I don't like Oakland Raiders fans. Never will. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, I mean, it could be a sport. It could be a musician. It could be politics. But just because they have a different view than you doesn't mean you can't be approachable. Jesus had a different view. He was the Messiah. He was calling people out of religion. He was calling them out of sin, but he was always approachable. You can do it. See, the world says you can't, but you can you can be inclusive by still being righteous. And so the question then is, in reality, no one is equal to Jesus. He is the only one that is that approachable, but we must be approachable. So the second thing is, are you truly humble? So the cure for an unhealthy pride of thinking you're better or you exclude people, of course, is true humility. The word humility, uh, one of the root words, it means from the earth. It means coming from the earth. It comes down to their level. Jesus came to our level. He comes to your level. Isn't that exciting? You're about to fall asleep, so it is exciting, okay? So sometimes, again, we view ourselves as, as better, we're perfected, we live in a certain area, we, our family group in this area, we're of this tribe, we're of this nation, so we are automatically better, okay? Jesus was better, but he always took the form of a servant. 
And if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, Philippians 2, 5-8 says this, your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ, who being in very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in the human likeness, and being found in favor as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. So Jesus humbled himself so people could approach him. And if we call ourselves believers, we must humble ourselves and be approachable. Come on, amen? You must be approachable by people that don't believe like you. They might, dif- they might look different to you. We must understand that the secret to love is being approachable. Let me move on because this is really now. Take Luke 15 out. And this is where I want to end. Luke chapter 15. And this is another parable. Now, this is a parable. So Jesus is still going around. He's dealing with religious people. He's talking about the parable. You know the parable very well. Uh, we call it the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. And again, there's, there's a lot of nuances here that we don't see because we read the scripture specifically if you're in America and you come to an American church, uh, whatever it is, you're going to grasp it from an American culture and whatever the preacher is trying to grab, get your attention at today. And so I just want to spend a couple more minutes on this. Luke chapter 15. I may not read it all, but Luke chapter 15 uh, verse 11 through 24 it says this of course there was a man who had two sons the younger one said to his father father give me my share of the of the estate so he divided his property between them not long after that the younger son got to got all together uh, he set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living after he'd spent everything there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to feed to the field to feed pigs he longed to fill his stomach with pods and the pigs were eating uh, but no one gave him anything now I'm going to shorten it because he, talk, I'm, he comes to his senses he's like my goodness my servants at my dad's house get fed better than I do they have hummus they have good olives they have, they have all this good stuff that I don't have they have lamb and I'm eating the pig stuff and again this is Jewish boy this is, this is humiliating because he's now feeding pigs they're not supposed to touch pigs they're not supposed to be around pigs he's longing to be filled his stomach to be filled okay so he comes home okay so here it is Verse uh, verse 20, so he got up, went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father shut the door and didn't... No, wait a minute, that's what... His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. His son says, Father, forgive me. And he says, what was lost was now found. Here's what I want to get to, okay? Because I'm, I'm going to get this. The first thing is this, is Jesus taught us about being approachable. Jesus changed the rules. You see... Again, he knew the religious leaders were watching them. He knew their culture was not to be very loving, specifically to those who offended him. Okay, so get this real quick. The young son was slapping his dad in the face by saying, give me my inheritance. Because the oldest son was supposed to get the inheritance first. And basically, when you get inheritance, when do you typically get it? What? What? Someone passed. So he was, the youngest son was saying, dad, I hope you die. Give me my inheritance. I mean, he was slapping his dad in the face. That, I mean, that would be terrible, right? So his father could be saying, oh, that's okay. And then, so he takes his money, he goes off to a far country, he blows it on, on righteous living, one, one, one of the versions of the Bible says. Okay, so he's out there, he comes to a sense, says, the part of life's not good, I've run out of money, uh, he's, he's at the lowest place, he's feeding pigs, which is terrible. I mean, I mean, the countrymen knew that, so they're putting him out there on purpose to shame him. These are nuances we don't grasp all the time. Okay, so now the, the young man sees what's happening, he goes back. I can imagine the religious people, oh, this son is going to get it. Boy, dad's going to snuff him. Because they have this, they have this, this thing in the, in the, the, Egypt, 
the Hebrew culture was, it's kezaza, if I pronounce it right. And so when a, a son shames a family member, they, they disown the family. And so when they see the son or daughter coming, they take a jar and they break it on the ground and they basically say, we are banished. So the, the priests were like, oh, at least Jesus is going to get this right. I, oh, this is good. So he's out. That, that evil son blew his money, slapped dad in the face and said, You'll, you die. This is going to be good, man. Jesus says this. What does he say? The dad goes out and breaks the jar and does this and walks away. No, the dad sees the son, right, from afar. What does he do? He runs to him, okay? He goes to him. He welcomes him. He hugs him. He puts shoes back on his feet. He puts robes on his feet. You see, Jesus, again, he changes the script. He changes the rules because the religious people wanted that man to get his just. We have to be careful not to say, I want them to get what they deserve. Come on, church. The culture says we hope sinners get what they deserve. Jesus says I hope they get free before they get what they deserve. Come on, church. You see, the Father is the example of the Father in heaven today. You see, the religious leaders saw the Father as mean and cruel, but the Father in heaven is loving, caring, compassionate, merciful. Amen? And so the religious expected the father to reject his son, but Jesus made a way. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So when we're in the pit... Jesus understands that. He's been tempted. He's not up to say, ah, oh, you're evil. I hope you burn in hell. He says, no, I understand what you've been through. I am here to help you. Run to me. You can now boldly, because of Jesus, go to the throne. Real quick, in the Old Testament, some of you understand this week they had Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement. They have to confess their sins. And of course, we know the story is they would have to sacrifice lands. If God was pleased, everything's fine. If not, then there would be something happen to the country. Jesus comes, he changes that. He becomes the sacrifice. He becomes the lamb that was slain, who never sinned. And then it says he boldly opens the throne of God for us. And so now you don't have to go to a priest. You don't have to do religious ceremonies. You can just go right to God and say, Jesus, help me. Forgive me. Set me free. So Jesus comes to change the script. He makes God approachable. He makes the kingdom of God approachable. And the religious people wanted to keep control and wanted to do their own thing. So you and I can now approach God and we can help other people to be approached to God. Come on, amen. Move on. Number, letter B, the lost son can be found. The father runs out before his son. I didn't, I've never caught this, but his, his father, because think about this. If the son comes back into town, comes to the village, everyone knows what he's done. They can smell the pigs on him. They can, they can see it. And for him, it would be shameful to come back into the village because he said, Dad, I hope you die. Get out of my face. Give me your money. I'm out. His dad, instead of him having him to rub his nose in it, his dad sees him from afar and runs off. That's God. You're going to grasp it in a minute. You see, God doesn't always drag you. Like, I'm going to show us, Stan, how, how much of a jerk he is. And we want that. We want that to happen, don't we? Man, I, I want them to get it. And then if they repent, that's fine. But I, I just hope they get what they deserve. Aren't you glad God doesn't treat us like that? You see, instead, the father carries the shame because now the religious people are saying, what, wait, what? The father runs to him? Are you crazy? This is crazy. What, what, what is going on? They were stunned to find out that the father wanted to redeem the son and the father would carry the shame. So yes, my son sinned. My son, my son wanted me to die. My son was out there living a righteous life. He, who knows what he did? But now 
What was lost was found. You see, Jesus is approachable. My question for us is we have a world of people who we want to shame them. Our culture says shame everybody. Let them be found out for what they did wrong. Aren't you glad God doesn't do that to us? He sent his son to die. And he is like that father. He's looking out for people to run to him. And my question is, are we looking out like that? Are we just so full of our own little worlds? Or we're so full of religion? Or we're so full of, well, they don't believe like me. They don't vote like me. So I don't want anything to do with them. Aren't you glad Jesus wants something to do with all people? Come on, amen. Jesus was approachable. Let me move on. Number four, so we can be down to the end. How to be more approachable? Well, realize this, and this is, this is scary, okay? You don't deserve God's approachable love. I don't, approach, I, don't, I don't deserve that approachable love. So it was, it was a shameful thing for a father. And does, I don't know if it's still like this in the, in the Middle Eastern culture. Men with long robes, it, it's shameful for them to lift up their robes and show their bare legs and run out. Okay, so again, there's all this stuff. It was a different mindset, okay? And you see, here's what the Bible talks about this. is We have this mindset that, yeah, you know what? I'm a good person. I'm going to go to heaven. Well, without Jesus, none of us go to heaven, right? Romans 3, 23, For all of sin, fall short of the glory of God. I love this, Romans 5, 8, But God demonstrates His own love for us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Before you and I size someone up and measure them against our standards, remember that we were found wanting before God's standards. You want to be approachable? Stop judging people according to your standards. Remember that you and I were never able to meet God's standards, but He sent His Son to take care of that. Isn't that exciting? I hope this helps us to be more approachable to Democrats, Republicans, whites, gays, women, men, straights. I don't care what country they're from, what culture they're from, uh, whatever religion they are, that we are more mindful that, you know what, pride is a poison. But the light of Jesus can burn through that and bring healing in our lives. We need to be reminded that the Bible, and there's the hard part, the Bible tells us to love our enemies. That's hard. That's hard to love your enemies. Come on, just say it is. It is. I don't care who you are. I mean, well, except for unless you're Jesus, all right? Matthew 5, uh, 44, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And we're like, yeah, I'll pray for them. I'll pray that they go down. And Jesus says, no, no, don't pray for them. Pray that good things happen to them. In fact, I love what C.S. Lewis, you've heard this. Prayer doesn't change God. It changes us. Prayer doesn't change God. It changes us. So pray. Ask God to help you love people who have abused you, who've snubbed you, who's, who, who treat, who've mistreated you. Imagine Jesus has been mistreated the most. But yet he's still approachable. Are you approachable? Are you like God? Are, 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 do you have that heart? So here it is, and I love this. Uh, the, this Dr. Lespro has this in, in his quote, and I put it as the title, letter B. Those who judge will never understand, and those who understand will never judge. Those who judge will never understand, and those who understand will never judge. We've all been mistreated. We've all been falsely accused. We've all failed. We've all been shamed. We've all shamed others. We've all done that. But sometimes we forget about that. Or maybe, maybe you li- you've lived a good life and you never understood that, that lifestyle. And so sometimes we are not so compassionate on people who we don't understand. And we do that label, oh, they're all like that. Those people. We talked about that last week. And that old saying, until you walk a mile in someone's shoes, you don't understand what struggles are going through. I'm just saying, let's be Christ-like. Let's be compassionate. Sure, they, they might be evil. They might be someone that says, I want to I want to become a, a, a suicide bomber. Adam, God bless you. I would be nervous the whole time, all the time around that. But Adam was approachable with the love of God. 
built the relationship. I mean, some of us like, I'm going to call, you know, Homeland Security on them. And, and maybe you should. I don't know. It's a different, we're in a different country than that. I mean, that's probably common over there, right? We've all been mistreated. We must spend time with Jesus so we can become like Jesus and we can look at people from a heart of compassion instead of saying, you know what, they don't look like me, they don't vote like me, they don't dress like me, they don't drive the same kind of car, they don't like even the same sports team that I like, they don't like the same sports, they don't believe me like me, so I'm going to just leave them out. God says, because they're out, I want them in. I'm going to be remaining approachable. I'm going to make a way for them. It's time for the church to be known as approachable. Christians, and maybe you are approachable, I don't know, but culture around us in America is saying we're not approachable. We hate gays. We hate Democrats. We hate Republicans. We hate Trump. We hate Obama. And, and we should not hate people. And I was reminded before the, the sermon started, the battle in, in Ephesians 6.10 says that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities and powers. We don't hate Egyptians. We don't hate Muslims. We don't hate Hindus. We don't hate Buddhists. We don't hate Job Witness. We are in a war against the devil. And Jesus made a way for us to be approachable, and we must be approachable through Jesus Christ. Church, it's time for us to be the, the church that runs to those who are hiding. They're, they're not approachable. They're living in shame. No one cares about them. Maybe the world has discarded them. But it's time for us to be mindful of them and show them, hey, there is someone who understands where you're at. His name is Jesus. He can free you. This woman, who was a sinful woman, and it really means probably a harlot, what she it really was talking about, she understood who Jesus was. She was forgiven by him. And remember, he, Jesus said to the, to the, the Simon, the Pharisee, who do you think is more forgive, feels more forgiven? This woman. Do you remember where you were before you accepted Christ? Do you remember your lifestyle? Don't go back to it. But remember, there are people that are in that lifestyle. And they're empty. They're crying out. They're looking for Jesus to be there. And you are the example. Would you stand with me this morning? You see, friends, we can be religious like Simon the Pharisee. Or we can be like the loving father who was snubbed, who was rejected. Even Jesus was rejected, but he still was approachable. Friends, our world is in need of a church that's approachable. You guys should have said a hearty amen, should have been shouting, clapping. The world is in need of a church that is approachable. And that comes by us getting in the presence of God to become like Him so we think like Him, act like Him, we smell like Him, we talk like Him, we have the same compassion as He does. Because again, you have family, you have friends, you have coworkers, you have neighbors, you have colleagues that are in desperate need of someone to approach them with the love of God. You are that missionary to them. You are that minister of God's grace to them. You, because, I mean, as Rudy said, I can't be everywhere, the missionaries can't be everywhere, but we can be everywhere. Because we are the hands and the feet of Jesus. And so my question is this, is your God approachable? And if He is approachable, are you approachable? Father, today, in Jesus' name, I'm asking for this church. Please worship me. Come to the front. Lord, I'm asking today that we are reminded through this, these accounts in the gospel. One was a true account. One was a parable that Jesus was trying to teach the religious people. That, Father, that Jesus is approachable. And that we are called to be like Jesus. And the world is in desperate need of an approachable believer. The world is in desperate need of an approachable church. It's not our call to judge people. Yes, we can stand up for righteousness, but we don't have to do it in anger and hate. We can be angry at sin, but we should not be angry at the sinner. Father, help us to be the church that needs to be approachable. All of us have family or friends or co-worker or neighbor or even enemies, God, who needs Jesus today. 
And if we shut the doors on them by calling them names, by, by labeling them or judging them to, to our standards, we will never be approachable. Remind us, God, that Jesus approached all people and is always approachable. And Father, I love this account of the prodigal son of the lost son that the father runs out to him before he is shamed in front of everyone. God, you are forgiving God. You are slow to anger, slow to wrath. Remind us of where we were before you saved us and set us free. We don't want people to be judged. We don't want them to have their face smeared in their sins. We want them to be free before that happens. Therefore, there is no more condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Would you put compassion in our hearts again, Lord, for the lost? Compassion for those who don't agree with us. Compassion for those that they are. They're living a destructive lifestyle, but God, you want them free. The Heavenly Father, the Father was looking for His Son to come out of that lifestyle. God, you're looking for a church that looks the same way. We're looking for people that are needing to be rescued, and we run to them. Remind us, God, that we are all missionaries. We are all ministers everywhere we go. So Jesus, today, we want to know this real love. We want to be this real love. Father, we want to be approachable like Jesus. So this morning, before I go on, I'm going to say this, Lord, that I want to give opportunity. Maybe you're in this room today, and still with your eyes closed, heads bowed. We're going to, we're going to be done in a moment. But you say, you know what? I need this Jesus. You, Pastor, you talked about him. I need him. I need him to forgive me of my sins. I need him to set me free of this stuff. I'm here to tell you that he is here to do that right now. You just need to come and run to him. You need to call on him. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Saved from what? You know what it is. Saved from that stuff that's destroying your life. The Bible is very clear that he is the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father except through Jesus. And he's calling you right now. He wants to restore. He's running to you right now. So with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, say, Pastor Stan, that's me. I want to come to Jesus. I want to make Him the Lord of my... I want to be delivered from this lifestyle that's destroying me. With your eyes closed, your heads bowed, say, you know, Pastor Stan, that's me. Would you just raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to accept Jesus. I want to accept this salvation. I want to be free of this destruction. About something else, I would love to do that. 